Hey everybody, welcome back to Stuff You Don't Need to Know. This is Jay, and uh, you know, yeah, it's been it's been uh, a week since Endgame came out and is vastly approaching two billion dollars worldwide. So uh, I guess now's as good as time as any to start to talk about it. And of course, I can't talk about it unless I bring in my partner in crime, my daughter Diana, who did see the film with me uh, opening weekend. So Diana, how are you doing? Uh, I'm good. Yeah. Yeah, you seem real excited to talk about Endgame. Um, but that's that, that's what I do. I always started off like hi, and then like and then I get more into it. That's like the rhythm. Yeah. Well, I mean, going forward, and I don't even know at this point why I even need to say this. Uh, spoilers, because quite honestly, if you haven't seen this film by now, considering worldwide it's almost two billion dollars, and we do have a worldwide audience uh, according to Anchor Statistics want to say hi to the 1% of people who listen to us in Sweden. Thank you. And, um, yeah, I mean, spoilers. Spoilers going ahead. So, when you left the theater, yeah, what was your impression of this film overall? Okay, so when we got to the restaurant after we did the theater, we played a little game. And I'm going to play this game on my podcast. So, you're getting a little, you're getting a little spoilers. Well, actually, I don't know because it's going to change. But we played this game where it was we, we talked about every Marvel movie and you either said I liked it, I didn't like it. And then we got to end game, I said I didn't like it. But thinking about it more, I'm not I'm not like if I had to say like it didn't like it, I'm leaning more towards the like it, but only like if if there was a middle ground, I'd be very much smack dab in the middle. So that's why it's hard to choose if I liked it, didn't like it, like fifty fifty. So yeah, it's like it's for me now where I'm sitting, it's just what what I say is that if I could just pay like five dollars just to watch like the last third of this movie in the movie theaters, I would. Like, I wouldn't want to watch the rest of it, really. I would just want to watch the big fight at the end, and that's really it. Really? Just that? Even just not even hunting down the Infinity Stones, anything like that? The nah. The fight, and that's it? Nah. Wow. So let me ask you, 22 films in Marvel, Endgame. Top, is it top five, top ten, top fifteen? Like, like where would you? You don't have to give me an exact. It's my number seventeen movie, but like, where where would you put it for you? I guess seeing as they're like around twenty, I'd have to put it in my top fifteen. Wow, in your top fifteen. So, just off the top of your head, uh, just name a couple of Marvel movies that were worse than Endgame. Uh, Dark World. The first to come to mind. Yeah, I think everybody's going to say that. Yeah, um, Iron Man two and Iron Man three. Okay. And um, worse, Iron Man two, Iron Man three, and I know people are not going to like this, but I really did not like this movie. So Thor Ragnarok. So we got two Thors and two Iron Mans, and I guess a Hulk. Like, I like it, but like, I feel like that's just me. And when I saw it, I was like, wow, that's so cool. Okay, fair enough. All right, so let's go. Let's talk about some of the characters here and their the role that they played in this film, and uh, just really for a lot because for a lot of people, well, not for a lot, but for a few of these uh, original Avengers, their story is pretty much wrapped up. So let's look at Natasha. Yeah. First, first of all, were you shocked at what happened to her that she sacrificed herself and she's gone she's dead were you shocked by that well i don't really like black widow like i don't i didn't read any black widow comics basically pretty much because i don't like black widow in the mcu i think she's really boring it's just like if if yeah like if if you also do elseworld's finest you'll know that me and kate both really do not like black widow mm-hmm. and it's just i really like like if hawkeye died i'd be like whoa like Still, because we haven't seen Hawkeye in a while, and, like, really the only emotional Hawkeye we ever got was, like, the last time we saw him, like, do something really was Avengers 2, which was, like, when I was a freshman in high school, so that's a long time ago. I still, like, I would have had more of a reaction for Hawkeye, but either when either of them died, I would have been like, oh, okay, that's that sucks. Like, that's really how I felt. I'm like... Oh, Black Widow sucked. I not su- died. 
that sucked. That's kind of how I... But you didn't see it as sort of like wrapping up. I mean, because for me, the way I saw it is throughout this series, you know, like her or not, the way I took her character to be is pre-Shield, she saw herself as a horrible person. She did horrible, horrible things. And from, I guess, our introduction to her was Iron Man 2. Yeah. So from Iron Man 2 going forward, she has just been trying to make up for that. Um she saves Hawkeye in the first Avengers, or you know, she she demands that they go after Hawkeye in the first Avengers. Um, sticking by Steve in the Winter Soldier, um, pulling whatever it is that she did in Civil War because I don't know, she kind of flip flop back and forth there. Uh, I, I guess she thought she was doing the right thing. Um, do, do, did you see her sacrifice though? As sort of like. Now my debt is paid off because she's always like, you know, there's red in my ledger. There's red in my ledger. Like, is that how you kind of saw it or you just were just not you were just like, oh, one of them's got to die. Oh, well, it was her. I knew on paper that that's the reason why she did it, but I didn't feel anything like the only time I really felt like I actually felt that in um, what is it in what's it in Winter Soldier. Mm-hmm. That's where I felt like she's like, wow, like she's. She did it. She became a good guy. Like when when Shield, when all the Hydra agents were taken over and they're all fighting, and then Black Widow chose to stand by Captain America. Like she didn't leave to join the winning side because like, you know, like she Hydra had the numbers, so it's like she didn't go with the numbers. She stayed to fight for what's right. So that I was like, all right, I can I can get into Black Widow. But then the rest of the movies, I'm just like, don't like her. And that she died, oh well, I get why she did it, but whatever. So going along with Black Widow, we have essentially the return of Hawkeye. Now, what did you think of his character throughout this entire... Because, again, he debuted kind of in, in, the, in the first Thor, and we don't really get to see much of him. Um, what do you think of his character? What do you think of Jeremy Renner? And do you think this movie kind of redeemed... Hawkeye slash Jeremy Renner. I don't really remember besides his little kerfluffle with um, uh, Scarlett Johansson over who was going to kill himself. Uh, I don't really remember much of what he did in this movie. Really? I don't remember what he did. In, like, I remember when he killed that Japanese guy, and then I was like, okay, but then... Well, like, he, was, re- he was the one that tests out the time travel when Ant-Man... Oh, that's right, he did. Like, yeah. he was just like, let's do this already. Like, you didn't... You didn't like I, I see. I kind of like that scene where he went back in time and he saw. His, well, he had the chance he, to see. His he kids. almost saw his daughter. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. I guess because we haven't had like for me, I haven't had quality Hawkeye in a while. It's kind of like diluting what it is. But now that I'm reminded of it, like I remember liking that while I was watching it. I didn't remember it because. So much other stuff happened, but now that I remember that I remembered it, I, I like it. But what did you think? Of, what do you think of Hawkeye overall? And well, we'll talk about the future of, of the MCU later on. But just overall in this series, what did you think of Hawkeye? And I mean, I guess maybe compare it to what you have read in the comics. Uh, I definitely like comics Hawkeye better. I feel why, like why is that? I don't know. Like, even when he was... Even when they had that fatherly role, like, he was kind of like a little fatherly to Scarlet Witch during the big battle of Age of Ultron, where he's like, you gotta get out there and fight for what's right. But then I was like, all right, I I, I could dig it. But then when I read him in West Coast Avengers, I was just like, nah, Hawkeye, he's kind of like... It's like he plays it like he's the dad who, like, wants to help, but he knows the kids can do it. So, like, he, he'll, he'll, like, butt in every now and then, but then other than that, he's, like, hands off. And the way that he knows that that's his role, he really owns up to it. And just the way how he's aware of, like, who he is in the team really worked. But, like, I remember when, I think it was Age of Ultron, when people were saying that he was, like, he's the heart of... He's the heart of the Avengers, and I was really? like, "Nah, man, he's really not." And then I think, that who, who, who was saying that? I never heard anybody say that. I heard people say that, like when they saw he had a family, they're like, "Oh, he's the human heart." Oh, I guess when they, you when know, they, they had a high farm, out, yeah. they went to the farm. And they're like, he has a human heart, and I'm oh like, "Oh my god, please!" I mean, 
for me, Captain America is the heart of this team. Like, <laughs> Hawkeye's the, uh, I don't know, the appendix. <laughs> like, I guess, I guess, like, they, they, they didn't want to make them because, like, some people could draw the comparison that, like, sometimes Hawkeye gets a little too jokey in the comics. So they're like, he's just a Green Arrow ripoff. So I guess they were trying to, like, stray away from that. But, you know, just... But oh. did did Endgame, though, did it... Did it like, how, how do you think, like, he kind of... I mean, and, and again, we don't know if going forward where, where he's going to stand in the MCU. But did it kind of... Did he kind of wrap up good for you? Bad? Neutral? I mean, I'm happy for him, which is just like... I don't know. I'm happy for him. He has his family back, but, like... You know, I like... I couldn't really... It's like... I didn't even remember a lot of his story beats, so that just shows how much I was invested in him. And it's just... Now that I remember it, I'm just kind of like... It's like, great. I don't really care. So I guess he gets an A for effort. <laughs> a for effort. Um... In the comics, is his, does his daughter become the next Hawkeye? No, Katie Bishop becomes the next Hawkeye. Okay, so pretty interesting because he is going to have a show on Disney Plus, so it'll be pretty interesting to see where they go with that. All right, next, the Intelligent Hulk. Oh yeah, Professor Hulk. <laughs> Professor Hulk. What did you think of that? What did you think of that portrayal? What did you I, think of his whole arc? I freaking missed the part where he dabbed. Like, everybody, like, I'm seeing that now. All these memes of, like, this show, like, Endgame without spoilers, and it's a picture of Shrek dabbing. I'm like, when did the Hulk dab? And it's just the fact that there's this void in my mind of the Hulk dabbing. I feel like I'm missing out on so much. But I did not, if if, if I did remember it, which I guess I kind of do now, I do not like that the Hulk freaking dabbed. Like... But anyway, then oh, it's, okay. It's, all right. So dabbing, <laughs> dabbing aside, <laughs> dabbing aside, it was kind of weird that they brought back his whole relationship with Black Widow. Like after the Hulk did his snap, and he's just like, "I tried to bring her back, but it didn't work." I'm like, "Oh, I didn't know we were still doing this." Like, I thought things were just really awkward. That's why you guys were acting like that way, where you were both like, "Remember when that happened?" Jeez, but I didn't think the Hulk still loved her after all these years. Here, now, here's my question: that it's never been brought up since the Ed Norton Hulk movie. What happened to Betty Ross? I mean, like. You know, Clark Kent has Lois Lane, you know, and, and you know, in the movies we see that Captain America, you know, he has Peggy Carter. Uh, you know, the Hulk, Bruce Banner, has always had Betty Ross. I mean, okay, you can't, maybe you can't get Liv Tyler again or something, but that film happened. It's part of the continuity. Why are we just ignoring that? And, like, I, I feel like this whole thing with him and Natasha was completely forced. And, like, well, instead of just adding in Betty Ross somewhere, even though... We have General Thunderbolt Ross running around in this series. Like, what happened to the... Like, I, feel, I mean, I feel it's all totally forced. Like, him him and Natasha. Yeah, like, that That whole... Like, really, that's what dominates the Hulk in this movie for me. Is just my shock that he... Um, that he does care about Black Widow still. Because you think about it, it's been about, what, four or five years... Between Infinity War and Age of Ultron, it's been four or five years since they've had any contact. And add on top of that, the five-year time skip, it's been ten years. It's been ten years, and he's still hung up over this girl. I was kind of like, what? Like, I really... Like, I think that... The Hulk, I think he was really just like... Where did... Where, where did the... Oh, yeah. It's just like, I guess... I felt like the Hulk was kind of just used for comedy in this. They had him dab. They had him go, like, right on the back of that pickup truck with Rocket. And, uh-oh, he's too big for the pickup truck. And then it's just like, you know, they had him with the kids. And then, like, he's 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 there. He's, like, he's the one who's messing up the time travel with Ant-Man. So he comes back as a baby and as a 90-year-old man. So I felt like they really used him as, like, a comic relief in this. And I feel like... You know, even though I didn't like, um, what's it called, Ragnarok, um, what they were kind of doing with the Hulk, where he was just like, I do not like the Hulk, but I realize that the Hulk 
he does he he gives me the ability to really do good out there. So I'm gonna go out there and embrace the Hulk and so I could do what's right. I like that. But then in this one there was none of that. He merged with the Hulk, so he couldn't even do the thing like my intellect is truly what defines me, and then we didn't really I just felt like the Hulk was kind of just played up for laughs in this. Mm. Well, speaking of playing it up for laughs, we're, we're kind of down to the big three now. And let's just start with the elephant in the room, Fat Thor. What was, what was your whole take on that? I don't know. I, I get that people like Funny Thor, and it's just me. Where, like, if again, if you know me from my podcast, you know I don't like Marvel humor. And I did not like the blend of Waititi Marvel humor. I just thought that was like an unholy combination of like they just don't really mix and it really showed. And it's just like, um, yeah, I just don't like Funny Thor. I liked how he was in Infinity War because he was he was still lighthearted to be like, yes, rabbit and like whatever. But he still had that serious side of like this is serious this is important i'm a hero i'm gonna get this done and that's a kind of side of thor i like so i guess i like thor one thor the best he's my favorite thor but if we had to live with infinity war thor i'd be fine no problems that's cool that's cool but the fact that they made him back into jokester thor it's just a personal thing i don't like it well i mean what i didn't i i understand you know, we this, this movie starts off the way it did, that they essentially just right off the back go after Thanos, ha ha ha, he got rid of the Infinity Stones, and Thor cuts his head off. And, I mean, clearly, you know, as they say, you know, Thor's, Thor's kind of sulking because he feels he, he failed. And, because he, he could have killed Thanos, but he didn't. Right, he didn't go for the head. Okay, and so now we're supposed to say that five years later, he's still wallowing in that, and okay... You know, he shuts himself in. Fine. He grows his hair out. He grows his beard out. Fine. Gets a beard belly. Beard belly. Which, I mean, he's a god, but okay, fine. And, all right, we're going to say he he has PTSD. But then, you know, when they, it was Hulk Hulk and Rocket that came for him. Yeah. Right. Okay, so they come for him, and he's hanging out with Korg, and it's like, you know, it's like, yeah, I failed. I don't want to do it. I'm going to sit here and drink. And then, oh, Thor, there's this guy picking on me. I'm oh, I did Fortnite. not like Fortnite. That's the other thing. Like, when I was talking about Hulk dabbing, I'm like, there's something else. Another ancient evil sealed away in this movie. And then, remember, it was Fortnite. It's like, I like that Thor, like, became a recluse. I like that. I just don't like that he's goofy. Like, I like what they did with Thor in the sense that he could never get over his failure because I think that's really good because Thor is the strongest Avenger. And for him to have that weight on him, that feels good because then otherwise it feels like when people complain about Superman but they forget to add an emotional beat for Superman to have. So that was Thor's emotional beat. Yeah, but, like, again, like you said... I just did not like the Fortnite. (laughs) Yeah, the whole... I'm like... He went from being, you know, somebody who's suffering from PTSD, who was essentially a shut-in, to being, like, a college kid in a dorm who doesn't want to go to class. You know, I'm going to hang with my bros, we're going to play some Fortnite. You know, it's... It, it, it was just ridiculous. Um, I mean, how do you think for him, you know, I mean, obviously at the end, uh, you know... It's, well, I, I can't even say spoilers at this point. Come on. Um, but at the end, I mean, pretty much he it looks like Guardians of the Galaxy 3. He's going to be tagging along, and it's kind of up in the air where he's going to go from there. But do you think his story here in Endgame, like, do you feel like his whole journey wrapped up real well or what? What's really weird is that one of the few things I liked in Ragnarok. See, well, well before I say I should go on, I liked – Kind of like um, with Natasha where I understand why she did things on paper. I just didn't like it. I understand. I like on paper the ideas that Ragnarok had. I just didn't like their execution. So I like that in Ragnarok that it taught that Thor didn't – he couldn't – he had too much responsibility because of who he was. He had too much responsibility to just be an arrogant fighter warrior guy. And he's been learning – He's been learned. He learned that in Thor one, 
where he where he said, "I can't be an arrogant fighter. I have to be a hero." And in Thor Ragnarok, he said, "I can't just be this great hero. I need to be a leader." And at the end of Thor Ragnarok, he accepted that I am a leader. I need to lead these people. Sacrifice what I really want because that's who I am. I am destined to be this leader. And then at the end. He just goes, I'm going to throw it all away. And I'm just like, but what happened to all that growth you had in the last movie? I felt like they just ignored it. And I'm like, I like Valkyrie. I mean, like, it's cool that he left everything to her. Like, I feel like she'll do a good job. But I'm just like, what happened to all that development that you had earlier? Now they just ignored that it happened. Do you think they did it just to sort of like, just to throw him into the next Guardians film? Maybe. Yeah, maybe. Because to me, it looks like the next Guardians film is going to be their search for Gamora. Why? Well, because she could still be out there. You don't. Know. No, that's which is fine. But why do you need Thor for this? Like, wh- like, why does he feel? Maybe Chris Hemsworth renewed his contract, so they're like, now we need to think of a place to put him. You know. So develop a good. I mean, you have new Asgard. You have Valkyrie, uh, Corgan buddies. They're all hanging there. You can come up with something. Um, my question is, is when they go to fight Thanos and he has both Stormbreaker and Mjolnir and he powers up and his hair gets all nice and his beard gets braided, like, why couldn't he get rid of his beard gut? I mean, he's a god. I I, I didn't understand. Well, that. I didn't have a problem with that. I mean, You didn't just... have a problem with that? No. Well, here's my question. Infinity War. Big battle of Wakanda. Thor shows up with Stormbreaker. And essentially levels almost like a quarter of Thanos' army. Did did you feel like they powered him down in this film? Like, I, I don't know. It's I I kind of find that like that's a problem I have with with this series is it seems like power levels you know and I hate to be like that you know on well, the power level here but it just seems like you know in Infinity War he comes in and he's like cleaning up and then here in 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 Endgame. It's like it was like a struggle for him to fight. I, I don't get it. I, I don't get it. Oh, I never noticed that before. I just kind of went with it. Okay. All righty. Well, we got two left. Oh yeah. Let's we'll go do to, Iron Man first. Oh, you want to do Iron Man first? Yeah. Okay. So, Tony Stark. How do you feel that this whole thing wrapped up for him? What were your thoughts on? I like this Iron Man more than I've like past Iron Mans because they actually like gave him a character instead of just like asshole with like fake PTSD like I'm not saying fake PTSD isn't like what he went through wouldn't have been traumatic I'm just saying the way they executed it I didn't like and, don't like, mention New York yeah uh-huh. but then like I just didn't like that so and it's just like I just feel like they gave him a character like he was the first really to move on which I feel like is very in line with Tony Stark where it's like if he pins the personal failure on him, he's not the type of guy to grow and learn from it like, say, Captain America. He's the one who would, like, kind of, like, push it down and move on. Okay. So I like that, that they didn't make it. And then, like, I like the fact that he was still, he was allowed, they found a way to make him selfish, but not dickishly selfish as in he was pre-cave Iron Man 1. Because okay, okay. because after that, after the whole Iron Man one ordeal, he learned not to be dickishly selfish, but you're still a selfish person. So they found a way to include that to still make him selfish by saying like, we're not going to change reality. If we are, I'm quitting. We need to keep my life intact. So I like that because that's who Tony Stark is. That's what he would say. Like he would never. He would never say like, he would never say like, well, I'll sacrifice my kid if it meant for the good of reality. Like, no, like, he wouldn't say that. So it's good they didn't make him say that. And then it's just, yeah, I liked him here. I liked, um, what I didn't like with Tony Stark. Okay. Is his dad when he met Roger Sterling in the camp. (laughs) Roger Sterling. I did not like that. Why didn't you like that? Because every movie... Every movie, he well, except Iron Man 2 a little bit, I guess. But he's saying how much of a horrible father his father was. Like, even in, even in, like, Civil War. Civil War with the hologram. Yeah, like, he said that, like, even, like, when he found out that it was Bucky, he said that, like, 
he didn't care that Bucky killed his dad. He cared that he killed his mom. Like, it sounded like he couldn't care less about his dad. So then it's kind of weird now that he meets his dad and he says, like, I know you're going to be a good dad to your kid. What would have made more sense is if he saw his dad and would have been like, you know, you're probably, like, said something like, you're probably going to make a lot of mistakes and you're going to do something like this or saying, or just anything where he could kind of tell him off and tell him what to do. Because it was kind of weird of him saying, you know what, you were a good dad when all we've been hearing is that he's been a horrible dad. Well, do you think the fact that now that he has a daughter, it's five years, his daughter, we'll assume, is five years old, he's, he's been a dad now for five years, do you think he sees it differently because of that? You know, realizing that he is a dad that even though... He's kind of retired. He's not Iron Man anymore and, and this and that. That he still makes mistakes and things like that. And the way I kind of looked at it is th- th- he knows that once they get all these stones, there's probably going to be a big storm brewing that they might not make it out of. So kind of like this is probably my last chance to say something to my dad that maybe that kind of colored his answers or his responses to, to Howard. I don't know. But you, 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 just, know. you weren't buying it. I wasn't buying it because he hated his dad too much. But you love seeing Roger Sterling. I love seeing Roger Sterling, but Iron Man hated his dad too much <laughs> for him to just... Because, like, I don't know. Like, if I, I feel like some of the things that when Iron Man would talk about, some of the things that Roger Sterling did was just unforgivable. And just seeing him forgive it just like that, and like, no, that's not... Okay. That's not how Iron Man works. That's not how anybody really works. But the fact that, well, how, or I should say this, how do you feel of the fact that he was the one to end everything and he was the one to make the ultimate sacrifice? Did you see it coming and what did you think of it? Well, I mean, like, it may, like, I saw it, com- well, I didn't, like, see it coming, but, like, I had a feeling, like, 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 I could buy, like, before the movie came out, like, if somebody said that, like, oh, Iron Man dies, then, like, I could buy it. Like, but 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 what about die in that way? That he's the one that oh yeah, like that, that's what I meant. Yeah, Sorry, yeah, yeah. like like he's the one to save the universe. I'd be like, yeah, people like Iron Man. Iron Man started it off. I like I don't know if it was just me. I would have had Captain America because I feel like Captain America is more. He has more heart. He has more. I just like Captain America more, so I would have given it to him. So then it's just like I'm like, all right, it's like. I don't really <laughs> Iron Man isn't really my favorite. Iron Man's really like it's like it goes Black Widow least favorite, then Iron Man, then Hawkeye. Wow, you put him that low down. I put him that low. I really don't like Iron I, Man. I think this movie saved Iron Man from me. Like I you know Well Alright, go ahead, go ahead. I don't not like Iron I like Iron Man one Iron Man. Yeah. I like Spider Man Homecoming Iron Man. Because okay. Sony did their Sony magic and let him be regular. But like everything other uh, Iron Man outside of that, I don't like. I so Okay. Yeah. But I, but I feel like this kind of brought back original like, like Iron that's Man what I like. One. Yeah. Yeah. But I, I'm saying if I had to rate if I had like final grade, okay. For Iron Man, overall, all twenty-two films, all twenty-two films, Iron Man's getting a D minus. Wow. Okay. Okay. Even though, even though, I mean, he he saves uh, reality, though. Okay. Wow. All righty. Well, we only got one left, one big one to talk about before we dive into everything else. Uh, to me, the heart of the Avengers, Steve Rogers, Captain America. What did you think of his story? Oh. That's the best. That's the only reason why, like, I give this movie. This is the only this, Captain America is the thing that's saving me from saying I do not like this movie. Okay, go ahead. Because Captain America, just throughout, he is willing. Well, like first, before they even start this, where everything looks hopeless, they were able to ha- have Captain America give up hope, but still have hope. And what and. Are you talking about the five years later when he has the... they were able to do that. They were able to have him give up hope and simultaneously continue giving other people hope. He gave up hope for, um, what's it, bringing the half of the population back, but he still held on to giving people hope by running those groups and helping people who were affected and helping them move on with their lives. And I thought that was a very Captain America thing. 
Were you, were you kind of surprised that he's the one leading the support group and Natasha's the one who's trying to throw, like, keep the Avengers together, essentially? Like, were, were you surprised that it wasn't him doing that? No, I, I wasn't, because I think Captain America, if he saw that everything, if there was no hope to bring them back, he wouldn't say, I'm going to keep doing something that's hopeless. I'm actually going to have to change the way I think about being a hero in order to truly make a difference. Hmm. Alrighty, so throughout this, and then throughout the rest of this film, you know when they when they concoct the plan, and and of course he's going to jump at the chance because, like I think you said, any shred of hope he's going to go for it. So, what do you think of it? What do you think? Now, all right, here's the question. Here's the big question. Probably for me, the greatest scene is him picking up the hammer. Yeah. Why? Well, I, he, well, okay. Okay. Go ahead. What were you going to say? Go ahead. I liked more than what what I like more than him picking up the hammer. Picking up the hammer is my second favorite. Okay. But my favorite is when Thanos' entire army shows up and it's just Captain America because that's what would have happened. Thor would not have gotten up. Iron Man would not have gotten up. But Captain America would always get back up. Not only get back up, get back up and... And keep fighting. But w- with a shield, tightening his shield... It's broken. Like it it's can't still do intact. Anything. Yeah. Like it's still intact. I was almost waiting for him to say I could do this all day. I, I was almost waiting for that. But why can he pick it up now and Age of Ultron, he couldn't pick it up? Or was it a fake out? Was he about to pick it up and he's like, oh, no, I don't want to do that. Like, Did Winter Soldier happen before Age of Ultron? Did Winter Soldier happen before Age of Ultron? That is a good question. I think it did. I think it did, yes. Um... Okay, so it's not, um, why? Yes, it did because I, I I believe at one point Sam when oh, they had hunting the party down the Hydra, yeah. and he's like when they were hunting Hydra, he's, he's like, I'm still looking for Bucky. Yeah, yeah. Okay, so it did. So so yeah, Winter Soldier happened. All right, so go ahead. Um, you know what I think made him worthy is what he did in between those five years. In other words, leading the support groups, kind of like because I think that because like before. Before, the hammer was probably just like, yeah, you're, you're a good hero, but what makes you any different than Thor? But when the hammer saw that he was able to have his hope crushed, but still get back up and make a difference in the world, I think that's what made him worthy. Yeah. Wow. Okay. I kind of looked at it a little differently, thinking that after Civil War, when he kind of came clean about knowing that Bucky was the one that killed Howard and and, and uh, Tony's mom, kind of letting go of all that. And, yeah, I kind of felt that that had a big thing. Like, he had a lot of emotional baggage that he was still holding on to. But uh, the way I also looked at it, too, is, is also at that moment, I think, like, he felt like he was saying, like, I, I need the hammer now. Like, I, I need it to win this fight and, and the mm. hammer responded. I don't know. All I know is that was probably one of the best scenes, I think, in the film. In the film. So overall though, with uh, you know, he doesn't make that ultimate sacrifice. But they did give him the best ending he could possibly get, which I say like, you know what? Like, this is gonna be spoilers for Shape of Water. When they resurrected Sally Hawkins I was just like, no, what do you mean? They just gave it a happy ending. But it was so heartwarming. I had to love the happy ending. And it was just so perfect for the way the movie and the character and everything went. I had to love the happy ending. So, of course, when they give Captain America a happy ending, I was just, it's perfect. You knew, right? You, I mean, you knew. When you, when he didn't, I, I had a feeling like when they said, you're going to go back, Captain America. I'm like, he's not coming back. He's not coming back question that that i've heard a lot is is with that whole scene where he doesn't come back now before all that and this is this is we get we get a lot of this we get a lot of fan service callbacks to older movies uh he says to bucky you know don't do anything stupid while you took all the stupid with you so they reverse their conversation from the first avenger did bucky know did he know that cap is not coming back i think so because he didn't look that surprised but when they were having that conversation, was that like he knew, but he's keeping it on the down low, and that's his way to say goodbye to Cap? Because hmm. that's know. the way I took it. But when 
when he doesn't come back, he's clearly not surprised, and he's he turns and he knows. I think, I think Bucky didn't care if Steve came back or not. Not because they weren't friends, but he didn't care because he said, you know what? Steve has done what he needed to do for everybody. No matter what he chooses, it's going to be the right choice. So Bucky was not concerned if he didn't come back or not. So that's why when he saw he didn't come back, he's like, all right. Now when he sees older Captain America, older Steve Rogers, he tells Sam to go over. Yeah. Does he know that? Do you think he knew that they were that Cap was going to pass the shield on? And that's why he said you know, you go talk to him. Like, like, what, like, what'd you get with that whole thing where he's not even like, oh my God, you know, like Sam is like, oh my God, you know, it's him. He, he wants to go over and talk to him. And Bucky's just like, yeah, you go. It's cool. I'll hang back. Like, did, did he know something or, or what? I just think that Bucky knew, I don't know. Maybe Bucky wasn't ready to see his friend. I don't know. I took it that, I think, I mean, I think that he knew Steve was there to pass on the shield, and I think that because a lot of people say, "Well, it should be Bucky," you know, and I, and I know in the comics it goes both ways. It's been Bucky, it's been Sam, but I think if you look at the the story that the the films have told, Sam is really the man of tomorrow. Bucky, Bucky, I think he's too not not he didn't give it to Bucky because like he's been brainwashed and stuff, and he's worried about that. But I think because Bucky is too much a part of the past and he can't hmm. move on. But Sam is really – he's a man of tomorrow. He really – he's really – he was born in this world that he has to defend now. So he's the best choice. Don't let, don't let Lex Luthor hear you say that. He's the, <laughs> he's the man of tomorrow. Yeah, Lex Luthor is the man of tomorrow. <laughs> but do you think that like on some level that Bucky felt that he didn't – like like Sam deserves it. I don't deserve it. Like do, do you think that or he doesn't really care? I don't think Bucky cares if he got it because if they had Bucky care about if he got the shield or not, that would make Bucky very petty and not a very good friend. Now, I want to talk about another character who I feel throughout this series kind of flew under the radar. I feel she had a very, very good arc. What do you think of the story of Nebula? Because I know, mm. you know, I know you, 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 you've seen the Guardians movie. You've played the Telltale game. Oh, Ashley Birch! <laughs> That's the only reason why I picked up that game, because it was Ashley Birch, and I was not disappointed. <laughs> what did you think of the arc of Nebula throughout this whole... Because to me, she, it's very complex. She wants to please her father. She wants her sister's love, even though on the surface it looks like she wants to kill Gamora. She wants her sister's love. She wants her father's love. Did she do this? Did she do what she did in this film, like, out of, like, love for Gamora? Or is she, like, her own woman now, essentially? Like, like what, did you, what did you think of her whole journey? I don't know. I think, I think uh, Nebula is how they wanted to make um, Black Widow. But, like, Ooh. I think that's what they, they wanted to try. But, nah, James Gunn is just like, nah, I'm too good for all of this. Let me actually write the character you wanted to write, okay? And then he does it. So then, I think Nebula, yeah, ne- Nebula I liked. Because mm-hmm. it's just, there was, especially when she went to go back to confront Thanos at the very end. Because Infinity War, she was still kind of, Caught in the middle. Well, she wasn't caught in the middle, but she they didn't really give her much to do. That's True. what I meant. Yeah, okay. She, they didn't give her much to do, so in this one, she's going to do it. So then seeing her having her confront Thanos in the beginning, knowing that she was always trying to please him, it, it, it really showed that like she, she cast off whatever... Mm. Whatever like yoke she used to wear of like I need my father's approval for me to feel like a good person. Okay. So then that really showed how much she grew. And then it's just like her continuing to fight for the Avengers. Like she could have sat it out and be like, I'm not going. I confronted my father when we killed him. I'm not doing that ever again. But the fact that she went back to go to a time and place where she knew Thanos would be. That I think was very was 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 very big of her. It really was, and I think she had a very, and I think that's like a story that kind of falls under the radar. And I mean, granted, look, I mean, we're telling the story of like Tony Stark, and we're telling the story of of 
Steve Rogers. I mean, essentially the big three in this one really kind of shine through. Uh, Captain Marvel. Yeah. How did you feel? Now, granted, now... You did not see the movie. I saw the movie. Yeah. Now, Diana saw Captain Marvel. I did not because as soon as Diana said, you don't need it to see Endgame, I had no desire to see it. Let's just back up a bit. You read the comics a lot more than I do. I mean, what what's the deal with Captain Marvel? Like, why, why is Marvel so high on Captain Marvel? When they should be high on Miss Marvel, because Miss Marvel, to me, I think is just... Now, let, let, me, let me take a step back when I explain this. My favorite superhero is Superman. But do I think Superman is the best role model for kids? He's a great role model, but he's not the best. I think the best DC role model for kids is Jessica Cruz because Jessica Cruz overcomes a lot of real world issues to become a hero and that's the same way I feel about Captain Marvel and Miss Marvel Captain Marvel is like the Superman okay so I can get why because especially on the Tomasi and Gleason run and now that DC stole their golden boy Bendis which you know I don't like Bendis so it took a lot for me to call him a golden boy <laughs> but they, now that they have him and Superman is in the comics, at least, Superman has been... He's been best that he's been in years. Okay. So, now I can see that Marvel says, we need a Superman. And Iron Man isn't a Superman. Captain America, even though he acts like a Superman, does not have the powers of a Superman. We have one that could be a Superman, and that's Captain Marvel. And they are making her like a Superman. But the reason I think Miss Marvel is so much better is because she is like Jessica Cruz. She overcomes a lot of real-world issues. She has more self-doubt than, for, at least from what I've read, she has more self-doubt than Captain Marvel does. She has to deal with a lot of racism in her life. She has to deal with being a kid, which people who read comics, I know there's a lot of older people who read comics, but there's also a lot of younger people that read comics. So I think... Miss Marvel is the better role model, but I see why Marvel is trying to hype up Captain Marvel. But it's just, she's just not, I mean, it's generating, I mean, uh, I think, I think if Marvel was not pushing, because I remember when Wonder Woman came out. DC wasn't really hammering down the, it's Wonder Woman, it's Wonder Woman. They weren't like, boom, it's Wonder Woman, get hype, get hype. That, like, a lot of, like, incels and misogynists couldn't get angry. Like, it flew under their radar a little bit. There still were misogynists out there when Wonder Woman came out, but it was nowhere as near as Captain Marvel. But, so I think the reason, like, Marvel is desperately trying to find a Superman, so they're doing Captain Marvel, Captain Marvel, Captain Marvel. So that's what's bringing out all of this, like negativity surrounding Captain Marvel and that's why it's so hard for people who genuinely dislike the movie to say that they didn't like it because there's a lot of ne- when especially when there's a lot of incels and misogynists running around out there it's hard to say your opinion because I talked with my co-host Kate about this like after we did the episode and I was like does me not liking the Captain Marvel movie make me an incel and she was just like no it doesn't you're allowed to not like a movie so it's just like, I think that Marvel is desperately trying to find their Superman, their their new heart after Captain America, that they're that they're pretty much like that they're like not chumming the waters, but like they're they're just they're not going about this as intelligently as say like DC did, because even with. I remember I was keeping track of the levels of girl power out there in the world. And when (laughs) Wonder Woman came out, there was a lot more girl power than when Captain Marvel came out. So I'm just like, somebody's doing something. Somebody's doing something wrong. I don't know why DC would be doing something wrong if there's more girl power. But, like, something happened, clearly. So let's just say that, like, you can like Captain Marvel. Kate loves Captain Marvel. I'm not salty at her for liking Captain Marvel. I see people on Twitter, they like Captain Marvel. I'm like, cool, you like the movie too. I just didn't like the movie, and personally, I like Miss Marvel more, and I'm a little pissed off that they did not have Miss Marvel yet. Even TV, Hulu, whatever. Because mm-hmm. I think Miss Marvel's a stronger character, and this just turned into a 10-minute rant about Captain Marvel versus Miss Marvel because of all those incels out there. I blame you, incels. <laughs> 
And what's odd is, is if anybody, because Diana actually got me started to read Miss Marvel, Miss Marvel is the hugest fangirl for Captain Marvel. She is. She, like, it's just like, if you've seen Shazam, Freddie Freeman and Superman. Freddie Freeman's a superhero in his own right, but oh, when he sees Superman, woohoo, Lois Lane, move over. But, like, it's just, that's why, like, it's like when she like when she got her powers, the first thing she did was like, give me Captain Marvel's costume. And she got the costume she didn't like. She got her old Miss Marvel costume. The, she the was black like, one. And she yeah. was like, ah, oh, I do not like this very form-fitting, scantily clad dress. But it's Captain Marvel, so I'll go with it. And like even like when she had a dream, who came to her? Captain America, if, Captain Marvel, and Iron Man? I, Captain America, Captain Marvel... And it was another Avenger, yeah. I forget like who Thor, it was. Iron Man, yeah. But the, the main ones really were Captain America and, and Captain Marvel. So like Miss Marvel, like so then like I I kind of have like that like I don't know like I have that respect for Captain Marvel because I like Kamala so much. Where I'm just like Kamala vouches for you. I I personally have not liked any of the series that I've read of you, but you know you you keep doing what you're doing. Alrighty, so it's been 46 minutes. I think it's about time we, we say some good things about this movie. Because, I mean, clearly, I, I did think there were a lot of good things in this film. So, Diana, tell me one good thing. Uh, you know, and I know you have a few of them. But, but what, what for you, what was your sort of, like, big pop moment or your big high-water mark in Endgame? Sorry. Um, my high-water mark, again, was... Just I said it already, but just I would see I would see this scene. I would I'm not even I would buy a painting of this frame. I would buy it. I would buy a painting of this frame. It's when Captain America is standing against all of Thanos' army and it's just him. Because Captain America is a true hero and it's just just seeing him get up like that, it, it reminds me of Superman because that's I like that's I've said it on my podcast. The reason why I like Captain America so much is because he reminds me of Superman, and it's just like I feel like that's the closest I'm gonna get for a while at least to see my Superman on the big screen. I could have seen the Christopher Reeve re-release, but I had class that day, <laughs> so I couldn't. So that's the closest I'll ever get to seeing Superman and I feel that just Captain America when he stood against them I was just like no matter what happens Captain America is a true hero because he stood back up yeah he didn't have the hammer his shield was broken shield was broken portals hadn't opened up yet that scene got to me when that scene that you're talking about when, when, like, when I, the static started to play in I thought ear. like I, I literally thought whose phone is that I was like whose <laughs> phone is same, that I thought the same thing I thought the same thing, and it suddenly I was brought back to reality. I was like, "Oh, that's right! Hulk snapped them all back." Yeah, I had completely at the beginning. I forgot that he did that. Yeah, at the beginning, I was like, "Wait, where is everybody?" And but then, during the fight, Captain America picks up the hammer. You forget. You forget. That's the power of Mjolnir. You forget all that. Um, but yeah, when you know he says, "On your left," oh my god, I was, I was. What else? Give me, give me, give me some other really great moments for you. Um, uh, I like when Captain America fought Captain America. I like that. I like that whole Avengers 1 sequence. I like that. I liked how he got out of the elevator scene because I was ready for, you know. Oh, elevator fight part two. I was ready for that. But the way he did it, I just said. so smart. I said, that's why he's Captain America. I didn't even feel like, oh my God, he said, hail Hydra. How dare he? I was like. That's smart because he's got to – he's like, I got to get this stone. I got to get out of here. I don't have time for this. He, he could have taken them all down because he knows he did it before, but he didn't have time for it. And yeah. it, it, was, it, was, it was perfect. Um, okay. Yes. Portals start opening up. Now, when we watched it, there was, there was a huge pop for Spider-Man, I think, when Spider-Man yeah. came out. But for you, when those portals opened up, who, who were you like? Like, like what, what, what was getting you jumping out of your seat? Two of them. Two for very different reasons. And I think I know who one of them is, so go ahead. One of them was Black Panther. When Black Panther comes out and he's standing up straight and he has all of the Wakandan warriors behind him, I'm just like, oh, yes, this we is it. We will fight. We will fight. Oh, yeah. That oh, was that great. was just. 
All right, can I get can I guess who number two is? Yeah, Wong. No. Oh, okay. So, guy, who's Wong, number two? Wong. Of course, I loved Wong. Everybody loves Wong. But <laughs> that that should be a TV show. Everybody loves Wong. Oh well, I'll talk about that when we talk about the future in a minute. But go yeah. ahead, go ahead. So, um, what was what, what was big? Drax and Mantis? When I oh, saw them, yes. I was just like, "Yes, my boys." <laughs> That's right. Forget. Yeah, you are. I love huge. Drax and Mantis. They were the best part of Guardians too. What did you feel about? You know, I mean, did, did you? It was a great battle. It was a great battle. Could it have gone on longer? Could they have highlighted more people? Was it done right? Like, how how would you have? added to it changed it around i don't know i just thought it was really good like especially when they track it they track ant-man's arm as it punches the giant sky worm and as the sky worm falls down it tracks it and follows the action as it goes across i like that because last my my last podcast episode i said marvel needs to work on their shot composition when i saw that i was like all right that was that's better than what they usually do uh the one thing and I thought it was a cool scene, but I kind of felt it was forced. Was when uh, they're playing, they're kind of playing past the gauntlet around. Ends up with Spider Man, and he's taking it around on his wild ride. Uh, I thought, oh, it was, and then Captain Marvel saves him. Captain Marvel saves him, which I was like, okay, that's that's fine. When you know, she's like, hey, Peter Parker, what you got for me? And then he said, he says to her, like, who's gonna, you know, who's gonna help you? My, and it was like all the female heroes showed up. I, I kind of felt they kind of... Oh, I like that part. I, I felt they kind of shoehorned it in. Like, okay, Infinity War, Scarlet Witch is down. Uh, who, who was it that was... Oh, it was Scarlet Witch, Okoye, and um, uh, Scarlet Johansson. And Black Widow. Yeah. But that was like a natural thing because it was, you're going to die alone. And Black Widow's like, she's not alone. And then Okoye shows up and then they fight. That was great. This was sort of like, check out our vast array of female heroes. I don't know. I liked it. I liked it. It was girl power, and we haven't gotten any Marvel girl power yet, so I'm just like, all right. But that's the thing is, is I feel, and, it's, and that's the thing is, all right, let's talk about this for a second, because when we were, way back when we were talking about Hulk and Natasha, I feel that they forced that relationship simply because she's your only female in these movies. You know, Pe- uh, so they, take- need, they need to have a romance it's it's like I felt like they forced it, and that's the thing is is I feel that you they have some great female characters, but they just don't know how to use them. They don't know. It's like oh, oh it's a Jean Grey situation. You're saying kind of yeah yeah yeah. Oh no, I I thought it was good. I'm very much like Power Girl, where there's any girl power, I like thrive off of that. That's actually a common misconception. Power Girl is not powered by the sun. Power Girl is powered by girl power. Interesting. <laughs> Interesting. So you were cool with Pepper uh, in the armor? In the rescue suit, yeah. Yeah. Even though rescue is not supposed to have any weapons, grumble, 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 grumble. <laughs> uh, anything, any other big moments, funny moments, anything like that that you really enjoyed in this film? Uh... I just like Drax when he jumped on the back of that like giant gorilla and he's just stabbing it to death. <laughs> That was pretty good. And then I saw it after. I didn't see it in the movies, but Howard the Duck, of course, showed up to fight. Yeah, I saw that, too, as, like, uh, yeah, like, I didn't even see it in the film. You know what happened? If You know what would have happened if Howard the Duck got the Infinity Gauntlet? What? He said, once you go duck, you're out of luck, and he snaps it. (laughs) Okay. All righty. Um... So, yeah, ten years, twenty-two films. It wraps up, but obviously they're going to keep going. They're going to keep going. Homecoming, uh, Far From Home's coming out. Doctor Strange two, uh, Guardians three, Guardians three, uh, Disney Plus with their series. Do you think they're going to try to do this again? Do you think they're going to do a big crossover? Like, like, what do you? Well, let me ask you this: You're put in charge of Marvel now. What would you do going forward? Focus on solo films, try to make another big, giant crossover event that takes five years, ten years. What do, what do you think they should do? I think they should just focus on... They should kind of do what um, what DC's trying to do, where they're just trying to make 
standalone movies. Each movie is kind of like has its own different tone, telling its own different story. Because I think people are kind of done of the Marvel formula. Like, I know I'm very tired of the Marvel formula of, like, bad guy shows up, bad guy says a few things, they get the MacGuffin, the MacGuffin beats the bad guy, everybody throws a few quips, you know how every scene's gonna go. I'm kind of tired of that. Like, when I was saying my Captain Marvel, I wanted to see a spy thriller with Skrulls, but we're never gonna see that. I want to see... I want to see an early 2000s high school movie with Kamala Khan, but we're never going to see that. So Mm -hmm. I would kind of focus on making very different movies about they have their own standalone movies, but they each have their own very unique tone. Like Shazam is very much like an early 2000s finding the meaning of family, and the Joker is going to be like this 70s movie, like I'm going crazy. (laughs) And then like even even the new uh, Birds of Prey, is going to be just like, is going to be kind of like a biker, like women's lib, like movie. And then after that, Suicide Squad 2 is going to be whatever James Gunn's going to do with it. So it's just like, looking forward, they got very different things happening. But I just don't want to see Marvel Formula movie number 50. I don't want to see that. Like, again, like I want to see an early 2000s high school comedy with Miss Marvel. But I know we're not going to see that. I want to see... I want to see um, Winter Soldier be an actual spy, but we're, we might, and like, you know, a spy thriller with Skrulls, but like, and I don't even know what they could do. Well, what's the next one? Kang? Kang the Conqueror? You just have Vision go back in time and shoot a baby. That's all you have to do. Yeah, I mean, yeah, the, you know, Marvel throughout the years has had a lot of crossover events and, 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 and wide, you know, secret wars, but that seems to be shot down now because... You know, your I, big Iron Man, Captain America, they're done. Well, that's the thing is, is not only that, but it just seems like the fact that the scrolls are really almost like a non-entity. You know, where like they did not like I like what they did with the scrolls and the greater message of like the military-industrial complex. I like that, but I mean, like, was it worth sacrificing a scroll spy movie for an allegory about the military-industrial complex? I don't know. And here's the thing is, and I know you don't watch Runaways, and I don't think I'm going to give you a big, big spoiler yeah. here, but in the second season, they introduce a character who, in the comics, is a super scroll. They change her around here and make her a different race, and even though she's a shapeshifter and whatnot, it's they, they got rid of it. But however, it seems that they hinted at something else in that series. Um, they hinted at... Okay, Diana's covering her ears. Over here. Diana's going in the corner now. <laughs> That's how vast our studio is. We have a big corner. Uh, but they did hint at the fact that Nico was, ta- uh, was tapping into the dark world uh, that we saw in Doctor Strange. So perhaps we'll be seeing... Uh, Maybe Wong make an appearance on the runaways. Who knows? So I'm done with that. I'm waving Diana. She can come back over now. Okay. Even though uh, Runaways is already filming season Rami. three. I'm watching Rami. <coughs> well, let me. So let me ask you this now. Now we've had ten years, a good ten years, mostly Marvel, but some DC has snuck in there. We've had the stuff on TV uh, with the Netflix series, the DC Universe series. And I know you're a big comic book fan, and I know like you watch Young Justice, and you watched um, just watch as uh, Justice League versus uh, Fatal, Five. Fatal Five. I know you just watched that. Uh, you watch the CW shows, or well, I should say, I you watch, watch Supergirl. Supergirl. <laughs> you watch Supergirl. Um, are you getting a bit comic book universe like sort of fatigue? Like I'm getting Marvel formula fatigue. I'm getting Marvel formula, Marvel humor fatigue. I think they really need to shake it up. But if we were to get, again, a spy thriller with Skrulls or an early 2000s high school movie with Miss Marvel, I wouldn't be so mad because it's something different. Because I think people will always love these characters. 
Because that's what makes comic books so popular. People always love the characters, but you need the stories to get different. That's why every once in a while you could have a wacky story where Jimmy Olsen turns into a giant lizard, but not every Superman comic that comes out every month is about Jimmy Olsen turning into a giant bat or into a giant lizard like it was in the 60s. Because people got tired of the stories and they want something different. You could always bring them back every once in a while, but that can't be your main focus. Interesting. Interesting. So, again, kind of like what you're saying is introduce some new characters, work with the characters that are still there, but... Because I guess if you kind of look at it, you know, Guardians, the Guardians film kind of had their own theme and pacing to it. That's why I think the Guardians movies are the best of the Marvel. But still they but still they tied in. I mean, yeah. still, still they tie them all in, but, you know, they kind of had their own pacing. If you look at Winter Soldier, Winter Soldier could be a total standalone film. Take away his shield, take away Bucky's bionic arm, and it's it's like a Cold War spy drama, pretty much. You know, where your spy is like is your spy aid is it the CIA or are they really the KGB in disguise, you know, infiltrated by sleeper agents or something? Um you know, Marvel can do it, I think. Um I don't know. I mean I don't know. That's why we're here doing a podcast, and they're there making movies that make billions of dollars. So, oh, wow. Well, it's been an hour, and we've talked pretty much Endgame and, and a lot of other stuff. I don't know. Any final thoughts on Endgame? Uh, anything you want to kind of say before we wrap it up? Uh, any final? Nope. No, I'm good. Nope, you're good. Well, oh, just real quick, what did you think of Mor- Morgan Stark? What was your opinion on her? Cute kid. Cute kid. (laughs) Okay. She just wants her juice pops. All righty. So, Diana, again, thanks for joining us here. So, please, as always, plug your podcast. We are Elseworlds Finest. And if you don't know, Elseworlds is all one word with an apostrophe S. So, yeah, we're Elseworlds Finest. We get around to it whenever we get around to it sometimes for a while we had a nice once a week snap but that's when i was at the same college as kate and that is not the case anymore so we have some uh we got some stuff we got to work through but kate should be she 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 gets done with college later than when i did so she'll be done soon we'll do our avengers thing i might have some more of my friends come on maybe nish could talk about superman maybe my friend eric will come on we'll talk about superman who knows but there might be some superman coming soon so just stay tuned <laughs> so what you're saying is expect some superman yeah and guys again thanks for listening to stuff you don't need to know and as always please check out www.brothersandarmchairs.com that's the website that'll link you up to every single podcast in the Brothers in Armchairs network. You have Nerd and Me, Enter the Nerd Zone, Fat Guys in Little Coats, Defender of the Realm, and of course your favorite stuff you don't need to know. This is Jay, and I'll talk to you guys later. <laughs>